recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we're going to be talking with a world champion in many companies. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How are you doing today, Paul? Hey, Kurt, I'm doing great. And uh, man, you said it, we have a big guest on this week in Rhino, and we're going to bring him on in just a minute. But before uh, we bring Rhino on, what a show we had last week with Alex Perry. It's getting rave reviews on social. The director of your new documentary, Kurt, I have seen nothing but uh, rave reviews for the documentary. And if you haven't seen it yet, what are you waiting for? It's on Peacock. Go out. It's a must watch. Kurt, what have you heard so far, man? Oh, nothing but good reviews. Everybody's excited about it. I'm definitely excited about it. Um, uh, This is a great documentary, and if you haven't seen it, it's a must-see. It's really good. tells a great story about a kid from Pittsburgh that uh, overcomes the odds and wins the Olympic gold medal and then goes on to stardom after that and has a few struggles in his life, but he's able to come out on top. And it's a really cool story. I'm really proud of it. Great story. Uh, very well done. Alex knocked it out of the park. You talk about a directorial debut. I mean, come on. I know. I know it was his debut. That's it's crazy, man. That's one to hang your hat on. Into sure. that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I love the fact that he was so committed, a perfectionist, just like you, Kurt. And uh, it's a very exciting time for you. I mean, I saw it last week. You're on KDK, the local Pittsburgh news station, doing <laughs> interviews and stuff. So uh, I, I wanted to represent my town. I wanted to tell him, hey, watch our our documentary because I'm from Pittsburgh and, and it's Team Angle in Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's right, buddy. Well, hey, uh, one more thing, and then we'll bring Rhino in. And uh, that is, we've been talking sports the last few weeks. And uh, week one, as the show drops, the Sunday to the mass audience, it'll be the week one Sunday kickoff of the NFL season. I thought we'll have some fun this year. We're not going to go crazy and pick a bunch of games, but I want one angle lock to win and one angle upset. So, Kurt, week one, who is your lock to win in week one? Well, it's pretty easy. <laughs> I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to go over to New York Jets. Whoa! With Aaron Rodgers? they had, The yes, Jets have Rodgers. The Jets have had horrible, a horrible history in the last 10 years. <laughs> I don't expect them to pull out of that. I really believe that I know the only thing they were missing was a quarterback, but it's going to take a little bit of time to get that, that um, continuity flowing with uh, Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the team. Wow. You are coming in hot week one. Listen, I just started watching. They are, but I just started watching hard knocks and there's, and uh, again, just started watching. I know a lot of folks maybe listening have already watched it, but man, it's a lot of fun to see the energy in the New York Jets building and what they've been oh, able to do. Oh, I can't imagine. They have oh, to be yeah. so excited to have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. All right. So there's your lock to win. Who's the upset? Who are you picking to upset in week one? The Steelers over the 49ers. <laughs> Don't jinx our Steelers. <laughs> All right. There it is. Yeah. The Steelers, I know, are the underdogs because the 49ers is one of the best teams in the NFL right now. Steelers are playing at home. Uh, and again, yes, underdog to the San Francisco 49ers. They're coming in hot. One of the NFC's favorites and people still aren't sure what to expect with Pittsburgh. So, Hey, listen, lots of fun. We're going to do this. Uh, like I said, every week for the season, we'll keep it brief, but, uh, Kurt, you and I, I cannot believe that you picked against the jets. Let's see, let's see what happens. We're going to have I fun. picked against Aaron Rodgers, and, and I always will. <laughs> With that said, it's time to get to business this week, Kurt. And as uh, you mentioned at the top, we have a guest who was a major part of your run in the WWF in 2001. 22 years ago, Kurt, welcome to the show, Spider Rhino. <laughs> Spider Rhino. <laughs> Rhino, I had to do that. I, had to, I didn't know if you guys could see that. Uh, can, not, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So. You thought hey, you were getting Rhino, you got the man now. beast Rhino. <laughs> right, right. Now you got Rhino. So, but anyways, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Good, good. I'm glad you're on, Rhino. We want. Yeah, I noticed that shirt. Where can I get one? 
Oh, we'll get you one. You know what? Email me, email, I'll email you after this and we'll get okay. you one shipped. We'll confirm sizes. And, and yes, we'd love you to support a hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> for, for you, a hundred dollars, normally a hundred and fifty, but you know, okay. get this. no, I'm oh, kidding. Goodness. Hey, for those listening, by the way, only, and didn't see the, the visual Rhino had a Spider-Man mask on when he came in. Yeah. So just to explain that to those that are only listening to the show, not watching, there it is for those at home. But, uh, man, how are you? How you been? Great. Great. Uh, I feel great. You know, and uh, just busy as always. So, uh, and you, you just with the marina and wrestling and with Impact Wrestling. So, uh, doing indies too, signings and yeah. I don't know so. how many times I texted you to get a right date for you. You're a busy <laughs> man, man. I mean, we were trying like last week and next week and this week. Yeah. And it was just crazy. Well, we we're we we're supposed to do this uh, back in February, but. Kurt kind of ghosted me. I, I kind of forgot about you. Right what now. an asshole. <laughs> I thought I was asking him out on a date or something, or I thought I was dating him. Usually that's how it goes. I date someone <laughs> in the game. Right. right. Well, hey, no, man. Yeah. Oh, no, you go ahead. Catch us up on your busy schedule. I know you said you had a lot going on. Well, just with the marina, um, Big Daddy's Boatyard. Um, so just we're getting ready for – the winter season. So that's, uh, that's always fun getting everything out and ready for the winter. And then with wrestling, it just seems like it always picks up this time of the year. Um, and so, yeah, just doing that. And with impact I'm producing now, so it's like more of a workload, but the same right. pay. So well, how can you say big daddy's boatyard with a straight face? <laughs> you know what? It almost, I almost named it sugar bear boatyard <laughs> nice <laughs> hey if i buy another one i might name that one sugar bear boatyard i mean it's a fun oh, i know <laughs> right right it, you know and that's that's how i got the name um because you know kurt we, you know we like to laugh and joke around and that's just our personalities and i was sitting across the street from a boatyard that i kept a boat at uh one of my boats at and uh it's gibraltar boatyard so I'm like, if I ever owned a marina, what would I name it? And that just popped into my head. And a couple of years after that, I bought my marina and named it Big Daddy's Boatyard. So it's boating's supposed to be fun. You know, we all know what it's like, to, especially being from Pittsburgh, you know, that rust belt, you know, you're the daily grind and, you know, you have certain things that you enjoy. So boating is one of them for a lot of people. And when you go down there to get on that boat and go boating or just sit on there and have a drink or just uh, even if you tinker around on your boat, you leave all your problems, you leave your work, everything at the gate, and then you go and enjoy your boat and, and that's it. So that's why we like to have it a fun atmosphere and, you know, a fun name and, you know, so. Sounds like, like a porn star name. <laughs> Big daddies, Kurt. If that's the case, you and I need to take a trip up to uh, the Rhino's house and hang out at Big Daddy's Boatyard, pal. Right, right. Or Sugar Bears. Yeah, there you go. I, I was going to ask how you got into the into the whole boating business. You know, just a oh, um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, my dad got into boating right after high school in '59, and he always had a wooden boat, and that's how we spent our springs working on the boat, enjoying them in the summertime and, uh, you know, putting them away in the fall. Cause there's a lot of work to do, especially on wooden boats. So that's how we got into boating. We never went on vacation or anything. Um, that was like our vacation. So, uh, it was, that's really it, my brothers were all into boating. So it just started off as a family thing. So, uh, listen, Rhino, we're coming up on the anniversary of your guys' match you incurred against each other from Houston, Texas, SmackDown 9-11, 22 years ago. Uh, we're going to watch it later on. It's, it's not very long. But, man, you first got your start around the same time that Kurt did on the national level, you with ECW, Kurt with the WWF. Can you talk about your uh, experience and what that was like early on in ECW for us? Um. You know, obviously, Kirk can testify to this. ECW was a bit crazy. Uh, <laughs> you never knew what was going to happen. Um, you could try and have an idea, but you really never knew how things were going to unfold. Um, it was it was a it was crazy times, but crazy in a good way and exciting. You guys and made some noise, the, yeah. What's that? You guys made some noise. Right, right. And I remember when Kurt, uh, you know, they started, uh, Kurt hit the scene and everything. And 
And then uh, how, uh, you know, the you won the, what was it, the IC title first? <laughs> no, the European title. European. And then didn't you win the IC right after that? Yes, I was Eurocontinental champion for a while. Yes, yeah. So we had both titles. And and then, uh, you know, and it's like I'm watching their stuff and because I'm friends with Edge and Christian and oh. they're really putting uh, Kurt over and, Oh, he's a great guy and all that stuff. So it was kind of, it was fun, you know, at that time, you know, especially in society too, and what we could get away with in wrestling. So, but yeah. Well, I heard a rumor that you were actually the one that put ECW out of business. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're probably talking to Tommy dreamer. (laughs) It was Tommy. Yeah. You You were, You were pranking yourself. You actually said that to me. You said, I'm the person that put ECW out of this. Right, right. Yeah, I always say I'm a company killer. And then uh, I went to Impact the first time. And then they got a network deal. So I'm like, oh, this isn't working in my favor. I'm a company killer. You know, and then uh, then I left there. And then I went to Ring of Honor. And then they were bought out by Sinclair. So I'm like, man, I'm really... It's really not working out for me, this company killer thing. The negativity's yeah. not happening. Everything positive is going on, right? Right, right. Tommy Dreamer would always say that. And I told him, and I would talk to Carino, and I'm like, well, see, you put the title on Carino, that's what really killed the company. You put the <laughs> title on me, it was too far gone. I couldn't save it. So. <laughs> now, very quickly, you were positioned in a big way, working against the likes of Tommy Dreamer, Raven, and Sandman. Why do you think Paul Heyman did that to you? He just seen something in me. You know, I mean, Paul Heyman, he's got a great mind for wrestling. And Jim Cornette, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, Paul, when he hired me, it was a Detroit show. I went and worked out in Grand Rapids. Lansing, the next day, there were no workouts. Then Detroit, there was workouts. And I was the only one there to work out with someone else. So, Anyways, uh, he goes, wait until after the show. I want to talk to you. So after the show, they did all their pre-tapes. And then he talked to me. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. And he said, uh, did you ever try going to WWF or, or uh, WCW? And I said, Jim Cornette got me a dark match. He really likes my work. And nothing came of it. And then uh, um, and then just keep in touch. And Paul looked off to the to the side and he goes, huh, we agree on something. And then he, like he spaced out and then he, you know, joined back in the conversation we were having. It's like, you're hired this and that. And then I, I asked Pee Wee, the referee, I go, what did he mean by that? It was just so odd. It stuck out. And uh, he goes, Oh, him and Cornette, they hate each other. And I never knew that. So, <laughs> you know, we agree on one thing. <laughs> right. Right. It, it was the oddest thing. Cause he just stopped. He goes, huh? We agree on something. <laughs> and then he looked right back at me. And I'm like, that that was odd, you know? And uh, anyways, uh, so, but I think they have a mutual respect as far as the love and passion for business. They just have a different look on it and, you know, how it should be presented. But uh, no, it was so funny how he said that. And, and out of the whole conversation, I remember, do you want a job? And that, and anything other than that i don't remember too much and it was three o'clock in the morning so well that makes yeah. sense then. So, yeah yeah well listen you're uh your rise uh in the network with cyrus who we now know yeah. everyone as don Callis, would lead you to become the tv champion after defeating uh tajiri do you wish looking back you could have gotten that title from rob van dam the longtime television champion you know, we were actually, we were working and that's how uh, he broke his foot. We we're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and he did a baseball slide and he broke his foot. And, you know, Rob, he's like, oh, I'm all right. You know, and a lot of us back then, it's like you're working through injury and all that stuff. And you're like, all right, I'm all right. I can go. And Bill Alfonso, I'll never forget it because we're on like a stage. It's a theater setting and it's like a 3,500 seat place and it's packed. So he does a baseball slide and he, you know, does something and I see him hobbling. And then all of a sudden Fonzie just runs up to me. He goes, Rob's foot's hurt. Daddy, throw me in the crowd. (laughs) I'm like, what? He goes, Rob's foot's hurt. Throw me in the crowd, daddy. So I just grab him and I launch him in the crowd and they start body surfing him. You know, just so Rob could get his bearings and everything. So we finish the match and he gets to the back and, uh, 
Uh, he does all of his flips and stuff. I mean, just to land on that, could I, I couldn't imagine the pain. But he had broken a bone in his foot, right? So he's like, oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. He takes his shoe off, and the thing just blows up. Blows up. <laughs> yeah. We're like, I don't know if you're, you're okay. So he had to have surgery. So that's why he, like, relinquished the title in the tournament. In a way, it would have been nice to beat Rob, but then again, I was still on that ascent in ECW and in my career where it would have been better to, you know, um, wrestle him after I got momentum and all that stuff. A and bigger match. Yeah. Right, right. It would have been a bigger match um, down the road. And then, you know, so, and that's what Paul was uh, shooting for is Rob and I, um, you know, but the company closed down because I killed it. So, according to <laughs> Hey, Rhino, did you see the issues in ECW during 2000? Yes and no. You know, what was crazy is, and I give a lot of credit to uh, Pee Wee and Sabu for my career because they, you know, you know, after coming from Germany, you don't learn a lot about the ins and outs of wrestling, you know, when you're on the road all the time because you're there working every night. You know, you kind of get the ins and outs there in that territory. But when I was over here, so Pee Wee was saying once we got that deal with TNN, he goes, everybody's thinking this is the Holy Grail and everything's going to, all of our dreams are going to come true all at once. He goes, it'll take one year before we really start seeing the um, the the TV um, really turn into dollars, you know. So it'll take about a good year until we start seeing it in attendance and, and ratings and all that stuff. And sure as shit, he was right. But unfortunately, after that first year, TNA had already moved on to WWE. You know, so and when we were I mean, you could see the crowds growing back, you know, and and getting bigger than what they had been. So um, you were thinking, okay, this isn't going to end. You know, we're getting better. And then we're hearing stuff about the network. We're like, we'll surely be picked up with someone else, you know, and then we didn't. Mm -hmm. So towards I'd say the last month and a half, two months when we weren't hearing a TV deal coming through. That's when I kind of figured, you know, the, the writing was on the wall. And then you didn't see any dates, you know, after July uh, or January 13th. Nothing planned after that, huh? No, nothing. And, and Paul said, hey, we're going to take a little break. And and usually when that happens, you know, so Bruce had already called me. And we kind of, you know, after I told him, you know, wait until after, you know, there's nothing there, you know. So You're saying Bruce from WWE, right? Yeah, Bruce Pritchard, you know, and him and Paul were, were good friends. And I told him I'm not going to take off until, you know, it's it's final that, you know, they're not coming back. So, hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little more about what adfreeshows.com is all about. Get early ad free access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts every single week, starting at just nine bucks. That's less than 20 cents an episode each month. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Ad-Free Shows also has thousands of hours worth of bonus content and docu-series like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and The Insiders, plus new series like The Book with David Crockett, Monday Mailbags with Mike Kyoto and Nick Patrick, and a whole lot more. And you want to talk about early. You can't get any earlier than listening to the shows live. You can be a part of the live studio audience as we record the podcast. Plus, ride shotgun alongside your favorite childhood heroes for live watch-alongs, Q&As, and other interactive experiences every single month. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans from around the world have discovered. That adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Check it out today. And hey, when you do, the first week is completely free at freeshows.com. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but 
Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. But before the doors close, though, Rhino, and I want to make sure we highlight this on the show, you do become the last ECW champion at Guilty as Charged. You defeat yep. the Sandman. Yep. I mean, how how big of a part of that, you know, when you think about your legacy, do you think, do you think, man, that was a pretty big deal to be the last ECW champion? Yeah, you know, and a lot of people forget I was a TV champion, too. So I was the only one to unify both titles. And coming from a promotion like, you know, what Kurt was saying, working with guys like Dreamer and Sandman and Rob and Raven and all these guys and Mikey Whipwreck. All these guys were yeah, there. Taz, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story about Taz. Uh, I, the first time I wrestled him, he cuts a promo. He's like, I'm going to make you bleed. And uh, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's the deal, right? I don't want to get two ins. And I'm still old school, kayfabe. But uh, he throws me into the guardrail, right? And uh, head first, and I drop something. So I'll just leave it at that. So I'm like, oh man. And then uh, all of a sudden, you know, and the match was so good. And I made Taz, uh, you know, and, and Taz can make himself look good anyways. But uh, we, we meshed really well together. And Paul, I came through the back, and Paul goes, hey, none of that matters. The match was great. And uh, we really complimented each other in the ring, Taz and I. And it's unfortunate that he went to, um, you know, we didn't get a chance to work a bigger angle. You know, not unfortunate that he went to WWE, but it's unfortunate that we we didn't work a bigger program. So, Absolutely. Well, how did it come to be that you would sign with the WWF? And were you worried about your spot in the business with WCW and ECW closing? Not really, you know, because uh, they were doing that thing. Paul had come there and, and uh, um, you know, I was always, it was kind of like a mentor too. Uh, I had Edge and Christian. I, I went to them with a lot of questions. Um, I was just going to work, you know, and that's what I did in Germany. And, and they always used me. Um, uh, they seen the potential there and they used me. And then I went to ECW and Paul seen the potential and, and they used me there. And I, I always fit in any locker room I was in. And then when I went to WWE, uh, well, WWF back then, uh, I just fit, you know, and I had Edge and Christian there. They were like, uh, Christian came up to me one time. Um, this is after I started. He goes, uh, you know, and I had signed. And Austin and Triple H, they were talking in the um, cafeteria. They go, oh, we're, uh, I heard we just signed that uh, Rhino guy from ECW. Hopefully he's not a, you know, a jerk or, a, you know, whatever. And, and an Christian, yeah. what's that? An a-hole. Right. right. I'm trying to keep it. We, know, we can cuss on this podcast. You're fine. Okay. So basically, uh, Christian said, Hey, listen, no, he's a good friend of mine. He's a great guy and he'll fit in well. Cause you know, Kurt, I mean, someone comes into that locker room and they've got the wrong attitude. You know, yeah. they're not going to be around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they said, no, he's great. So I had that too, you know, and uh, it was a little adjustment. And then once I got to WWE, I noticed, you know, working every night with guys, you know, that were so fine tuned. A lot of guys in ECW were fine tuned, but it's just like, I felt, you know, I got even better, you know, and then I never really worried about my spot. Cause if I went there, I showed up and I worked hard. I knew, um, I would have, uh, um, a, a, a good position. So, well, Rhino, as I don't know if you can tell in the background, I'm a little bit of a belt nerd, have a few on my shelf. So I need to find out whatever happened to that actual ECW <laughs> world title. You were the last one to hold it. Yeah. Conrad has it. Does he? Okay. Yeah. You wow. know, and, and here's the thing. Um, I, I'm, I'm not one to, you know, um, and I'm bad at this because I'm proud of everything I've done in wrestling and I'm proud of what I'm doing in wrestling. And I know that window of opportunity closes of being in the ring and all that stuff. Um, I never display anything, 
Um, I have my original like singlets. I have a lot of my singlets. Um, but, uh, I just, um, it sat in my cellar for, oh geez, probably 15 years. And then, uh, someone reached, Conrad reached out to me, um, through someone I knew and, and, uh, we, we talked and, and he displays them and, yeah. and it would be a good home for it, you know? And, and I just never, um, you know, I take it out every once in a while, kind of like Kurt with you in the metal, you know, like you show, you know, family or yeah. friends, or, you know, and that's, you know, and, and very rarely, and, you know, it's set and, you know, and I'm not talking about a cellar that's dark and dingy and, you know, um, right. I just never displayed it in a way it should be displayed because something like that, so many people have worked hard for and sacrificed for. So. What, was there ever any idea or creative around, Hey, just bring it with you to the WWF, wear it. Or was that ever well, given a thought? It's funny. Cause if you go back to, um, uh, in 2006, when WWE was going to relaunch ECW, they had called me and I re-signed with, um, impact. And the reason why I re-signed with impact is because when I got canned from WWE, I was going through a, a hard time in my life. And I don't mind elaborating on that if you guys want to. Sure. So anyways, I got canned. Um, so then uh, Dixie Carter gave me an opportunity. And the money wasn't that great, but she gave me an opportunity. And I went there. And then after a year, you know, they're like, it was a, only a one-year deal because they signed me when they didn't have a network and they were in talks with uh, Spike at the time. It's funny because a lot of my career was with Spike from ECW all the way in 99, all the way until 2010. So whenever they they switched to WWF, I went to WWF within four or five months. Then they got uh, WWF went back to USA Network within three months. I was back on, uh, I was with Impact and they were on uh, Spike. Spike. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody ever talks about that, right? And I was with impact all the way until 2011 so january so the first time so anyways so fast forward to 2006 um dix we worked out a deal for three years with impact and the reason why i didn't go back to wwe their wwf well it was wwe is because i feel like here's someone when i had a low point in my life gave me an opportunity Mm. and after a year you know I would take off for more money or, you know, uh, maybe a better opportunity. So your loyalty, I was kind of like, you know, that, that's kind of a, a crappy thing to do, you know? So even though it's just business and they would understand no harm, no fall as a person. And in a way it was better that I stayed there. You know, I believe in God and everything. And I think God works in mysterious ways. I don't think I would have been ready for that opportunity at that time. Now, fast forward to, uh, 2015, I was ready for NXT and WWE and tagging with Heath and all that. So, well, Rhino, what was the difference between WWE compared to ECW? Or uh, the, paychecks. the paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they cleared. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I never, I never had a paycheck that bounced. Okay. So you never fell into that. That, that yeah. issue. Okay. There were a lot of paychecks. Not even with ECW. What's that? Not even with ECW. Not even. Well, yeah, with ECW. Um, I actually, uh, my whole wrestling career, I've never had a check that bounced. Good for you. Except once, uh, Tony Candelo up in Winnipeg. But when we went back up there, the the second or when we went back up there after that, he uh, he gave us the cash. So. He, he made good on it, but all throughout my wrestling, I never had a check that bounced. So with ECW, there were some checks missing, you know, it's like, Hey, I'll catch you next time. And it's like, all right. So, but whatever that means. All right. right but, right. but, but, but otherwise the creative, cause right. Wasn't, and Paul was already starting to work a little bit. ECW was getting a little woven into some WWE product here and there. You know, they had a good working relationship and, uh, I guess, uh, Vince would help, uh, you know, uh, send some money his way and stuff. And, and it was a good feeder system because they sure. didn't have the NXT, but, uh, the, the, the difference between, uh, ECW obviously and WWE, um, you know, the business part, 
you know, WWE is just such a giant, you know, and ECW was like a mom and pops organization, you know, kind of, you know, with a, with a chip on its shoulder and, you know, one of those, Oh crap. What's, you know, if it was dark and dingy, even better, you know, and, and WWE was always, you know, the production level, you know, you can never, it was a little more graphic though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, but it, it also, it didn't get raunchy, you know, there, and that's one thing I've learned, you know, you can have wrestling, um, hardcore extreme, um, pushing the envelope, but as long as you don't go raunchy, you know, it never went raunchy. Like you'd say, Oh yeah. You know, the crowd would chant show your, you know, and, and this and that. And, you know, the, and the girl would be like, Oh, okay, I'll do that. And then the, the heel will get in there. No, no, no. Right, right. I'm the only one going to show yeah, my right. <laughs> Ryan at Rhino's straps come down. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, well, Carino would do that all the time with Francine, you know, and Francine's like, you know, I was going to show you, but because of this jerk, you know, I'm no longer in the mood. And they would just, you know, I mean, they would lay into, I won't say what they would call Carino. Oh, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, they would lay into Steve and, stuff like that. It's, it's just, and I think the audience respected it more, you know, because it's like, yeah. And it's like, it was taken away by the heel. And then it's like, I hate that guy even more, you know? And then when they leave, they're like, okay, I really don't hate him, but you know, it was, it was fun. You know, they got caught up emotionally. So, and that's what I try to explain to people. And cause I run a promotion in Detroit and uh, well, South of Detroit and Monroe, it's called IWR. So We'll get to that later, but when I'm plugging, that's a cheap plug right there. But I always try to tell the guys, when I'm promoting a show, I noticed my ticket sales go up um, when there's a story involved, when there's a character involved, when it's more emotionally, um, people are more emotionally invested. And I've noticed pre-sales go up. So, you know, when, when, and I always tell everybody, try run a promotion because you got to deal with dollars, cents. You know, you got to figure out booking. You got to figure out a lot of these things and travel and all that. So and then when you're working for someone, you have a newfound respect for the things they go through. You know, Kurt, what do you think? You, you want to try to run a promotion at some point in your life? <laughs> that interest. <laughs> He's like, screw <laughs> that. He is not any more stress in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Edge and Christian. You mentioned him, and uh, you were quickly put. That's right. You're quickly put with him. And, uh, you know, they had an association with Kurt. Give us the real scoop. What did they tell you about Kurt when you first came in? Uh, they they just spoke nothing but good things about Kurt. But, um, it's funny. It, this was, uh, well, right around this time in 2001, Kurt's book came out. And uh, he got, it actually, it's maybe summertime. He got a copy of it before it was released. And then Edge and Christian, they're all going, because we're all in the car together. And they were uh, they were asking what pages they're on. And uh, so anyways, uh, there it is, the book. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Kurt, you've done it all now. Documentaries, books, what haven't you done? <laughs> right. So they're, they're asking him, you know, and he's like, oh, you're here, you're there, and this and that. And uh, I asked Kurt, I go, Kurt, what page am I on? He's like, you're not in there. I go, what do you mean I'm not in there? He goes, well, I didn't really know you when I was writing it. I go, we broke bread together at the Rams horn. How did you not <laughs> put that in there? the first time I met you. <laughs> right, right. And uh, anyways, uh, so I go, I know what you want. You want me to read the whole thing to find out where I'm at. He's like, you're not in there. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, Kurt, you know, the joke's up, you know, you got me, what page I'm going to read the whole book, you know? So but anyways, I, I still, uh, I still haven't found what page I'm on. So let me know what page I'm on. Yeah. But, uh, you're anyways, hilarious, no, but, <laughs> yeah. So, it, but it was fun, you know, just with edge and Christian and, and Kurt and, you know, and, and they got along great too. So. Yeah, it well, looks like you're on. It looks was on I, SmackDown. Okay, good, Paul. I was going to say it looks like you're on page three sixteen. 
There it is. <laughs> there is no pace to be the, the book ends at 3.15, but yeah, it looks like you... <laughs> All good. All right, I'll read the whole thing there again. <laughs> it must have gotten the misprint where they missed the page that I'm on. Right. Well, Rhino, our first match together was on SmackDown where we teamed up to defeat Edge and Christian, ironically. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. So it... We wrestled with Edge and Christian. Yeah, you and I tag team against Edge and Christian. The, you got oh, defeated, Edge and Christian, on yeah. SmackDown. Okay, near the beginning of your WWE career, WWF career. Yes, right, right. I don't the match, do you? What's that? You don't remember the match, do you? I do not remember the match. Sometimes I'll see clips, and I'm great. I mean, I'll remember buildings. I'll remember this. I'll remember that. I'll remember a conversation we had. Um, like the one at, at Ramshorn where it should have been in the book, but it's not. <laughs> but uh, so anyways, uh, you know, I, but certain matches, I'll, I'll see that. And I'm like, oh, that was cool. You know, oh, I forgot about that match. But, you know, remember when I when I watch it, I'll remember it, you know. And that's okay. Listen, we're talking 20 some years ago. So yeah. I totally get it. How many matches have you, you know, you guys wrestled since then? And, and, you know, Kurt and I, we end up showing a lot of clips just to yeah. kind of relive some of it. We are going to watch your Remembering. two's match yeah. together here tonight. But, um, the first time you two are against each other is mm -hmm. on a SmackDown from Boston right before invasion and Kurt, you team with Steve Austin to take on Rhino and Booker T and it just turned out, it turned into an all out brawl. But, uh, man, listen, this is a huge match for this time period. What ran through your head, Rhino, being such a, a major part of the invasion angle? You know, I was just listening to a lot of those guys that were there, you know, and just learning, you know, and even with Kurt, because Kurt, I mean, he was there a couple of years at that point and on top. And, and I remember the first pay-per-view I was brought to, it was February of uh, 2001. You were working with The Rock in the main event out in vegas and uh i believe it was february but i uh, just walked, yeah, yeah yeah and just watching that match and just you know I, I didn't do anything that night but uh, i was still doing dark matches but uh just uh i would listen to a lot of the guys uh, and i would listen to guys like pat patterson he would help me out um you know jim ross all those guys were were really good you know and then if i had any questions i'd go to edge and christian and they would kind of fine tune anything or if I had any concerns. So, but, uh, you know, just when you're thrown in a mix with guys like that, if you don't learn and you don't become better then uh, then there's something wrong with you. So, but I'll tell you a quick story. I've never talked about this publicly. The first time I worked with the rock, it was, uh, right around the summertime. He had just gotten done with that movie. Um, uh, mommy returns okay. where he was the scorpion king not the one where it's him throughout the whole movie but it was just a scorpion king in that the, the, yeah, I think the, it was the yeah, yeah yeah so he was supposed to wrestle with booker but booker had fluid in his knee and he had to have it drained so they go rhino you're gonna work with rock and this is his first match back it was a um it was a, a live event so my cardio is great my ring cardio and uh, we, we were up last, and we were probably we probably went about – the match was probably about 10 to 12. But Rock was sucking some wind because <laughs> cardio, but ring, ring conditioning, you know. I mean, it only took him a couple weeks because we worked a, a couple times throughout that month. And, and uh, you know, his cardio – you know, his ring cardio was back. But uh, I'll never forget, I was just talking to him before the, the match, and he had the nicest Rolex. I mean, diamonds. I mean, it must have been a present to him after doing the, the movie. And and uh, I wanted to compliment him. But me being the new guy, I was only there for like five months. The thing would go missing, you know. And then they would look at me like, hey, that rhino guy was eyeing it up. He said it's a real nice watch, yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, I'm fingers are pointing at me. So I did. And I, I mean, this thing was beautiful. Like, I mean, it's like that nice Cadillac driving down the road where you're just staring at, you know, or a nice looking female with a nice set of headlights you're just staring at. <laughs> he's he's so, back on his boat. Here we go. Right. right. So, but anyways, uh, you know, and I never said anything to him about it. I didn't even compliment him because I was worried that thing would go missing, you know, 
That's, and, uh, that's called yeah. paranoia, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, when you're that far in, you know, or that early in, but no, just working with guys like that, and then and they f- see how good you are in the ring, and then you know, um, where it's you know, it's like a night off, not like you're going to the, you know, gallows and just being beaten and stuff, you know, on the way there. But <laughs> not Luke Gallows, so. <laughs> So I don't want to say I'm white because everybody's like, wow, you look pretty mean in there. So, but anyway, <laughs> but Kurt, I, we've had some really good matches with Kurt. His hair was so short. This was in Fort Lauderdale. The first time I did this, um, he'd fight out of the hold and I couldn't grab his hair. Right. <laughs> Before you shaved your head. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to grab his straps and pull him down. And then I, you know, because I was a heel, and then I did the whole Kurt Angle, you know, bouncing on your one leg, woo, you know. And it was terrible, you know, which made it even better. And, boy, did the crowd just really shit on me, you know, for doing that. So, But uh, I actually worked with uh, Booker in uh, Impact. This was overseas in London. And this match was so incredible. It just, you know, as far as the fans, I, there was something that just aligned. And I always tell everybody, if you're on the fence about going to a show, go. Because if you don't go, you're going to miss something special. So we had this match and we did back-to-back nights. I don't think you were there, Kurt. But um, um, I went to him. He worked with Samoa Joe the first night. And I said, hey, listen, book, can I uh, – um, can I do the spinner Rooney? And he's kind of like, ah, but he trusted me enough. This was in like 2010. So the, the crowd was back and forth and he was a heel. Actually, you were there, Kurt, because you were doing the mega, uh, what was that? The Yeah. So anyways, he's, he's getting on me. He goes, shoot me off. I go under, I pull him in for a spine buster. I go, give me the floor book. And then Earl Hebner was our referee. I did the worst spinner Rooney in the history of spinner Rooney's. And but the place came up for it because the first night he went to give it to him, but he said, nope, did one of those. And then actually he did it the same thing that night. And that's after that, I hit him with the spine buster. And then I just did that. The worst spinner but I made a complete rotation. So that was the the, the main thing. And you, the, you really did it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the place went crazy. I think I ended up on my head somehow. So, yeah, it was really, not in a pretty way, but yeah, so, like a kid trying to break dance. That was what it looked like. You know. Eric Bischoff here again, telling you about our friends over at SaveWithConrad.com. Now, Conrad's always talking about how they are helping homeowners save money. But did you know that Conrad and his team can also help you become a homeowner? They make the home buying process more enjoyable than, I don't know, Making out with Stephanie and Linda. Ouch! But don't take my word for it. Hi, I'm Sarah Davis, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, So my husband has been a huge fan of Conrad's podcast for many, many years. And for years, we were on road trips, and he would have me listen to it. And then I got really into it. And so when it came time for us to buy a house, it was kind of like, there's really no other option at this point. Like, we have to go down this path, right? It was the best. I worked with Steve. I don't know what to do. I was looking more for preparing to buy a house. How do I get this in order? What does this need to look like? What do I need to move around? What's more important that I pay off first? Because I'm a first time home buyer. I don't know what that needs to look like. So that's when I called you guys and I talked with, with Steve and phenomenal from day one. I got a full education on home buying before I was ever asked to fill out an application, before I was ever asked to do anything, which is just, I mean, I cannot, brag on you guys enough i literally cannot tell enough people about you because we would not have a home if it weren't for you if it weren't for that interaction and weren't for the learning process and i feel like i went into being a first-time home buyer from the time by the time we got through the end of the process with the same education that people need four or five homes to buy and so now i feel like all right well we can do this we can do real estate we can i can actually make good decisions and ask good questions at closing and beyond because of everything that you taught me. My name is Sarah Davis, and I got into my dream home with Save With Conrad. And unlike the dirt sheets, we're not making this up. Check out all the five-star reviews. Go to savewithconrad.com and do it today. You'll be grateful you did. 
NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! Well, Rhino, we would face off in the main event of the Invasion pay-per-view. Team WWF versus the Alliance. What did you think of combining ECW with WCW? Um, you know, I didn't understand. Well, at first, you know why they did that is because oh, they didn't. Clue they, didn't in. they didn't have enough um, stars. Yeah. You know, because a lot of those big names were still under contract with uh, Turner Broadcast. So they're not going to say, no, I don't want $1.2 million. I'm going to go work for Vince with a downside of, you know, a few hundred thousand and maybe I'll make that, you know. So they just sat at home and collected it. So they didn't have enough star power to look like a threat to either ECW or, or WCW. Um, I forget who told me that. I think it might have been Paul. Um but uh, that's why they combine the two, you know. So, and someone oh, just I, recently. I, I do remember at the beginning, there weren't a lot of stars. You're right, but, though. But right. eventually, there got to be too many stars. Oh, yeah. Like when when WWE and WCW and ECW, when everybody came there, it was right. like, oh, God, like, we're going to have to split the brands. This is when the right. brand started happening. And right. I understand why, because there were so many stars. Mm-hmm. There, you couldn't fit everybody on one one show right right no but that's kind of like uh what i've i've learned just studying wrestling and study different territories and wwe and and wwf and um they used to have a a a crew a b crew and even a c crew so i think um you know that was another benefit of splitting the brands you can run more shows you know instead of an a and a b uh and an a and b town all that stuff so um, you know, and, and it puts more people to work, men and women. So, which is good too. So, right. Absolutely. Well, listen, we are here. We're at the part of the show where we're going to watch the two of you. It was, uh, nine 13 of 2001 in Houston, uh, two days after nine 11, unbelievable, uh, where it's around the 22 year anniversary of that. So if those who want to watch it with us, you can fire up Peacock. It is SmackDown season three, episode 37, uh, give you a second to do that. But if you're following us here on YouTube, uh, we're going to show that as well, a little bit of a filter, but we're going to watch that match together. I said, it's not longer than six minutes. Um, and, uh, I can't wait to hear some of your guys' thoughts about that night. Cause again, uh, very emotional time for our country and you two are headlining the show. Uh, so with that, we're going to go ahead and launch it and, uh, and take a look. We'll listen to a little commentary at first and then I'll mute it. And then you two, I want to hear your thoughts on it. certainly abused on uh, Monday night by Stone Cold Steve Austin falling to the floor from the state. So guys, you hear Heyman and Ross on the call. The crowd, if you could tell right away, it was so much into this match. Yeah. But uh, I just want you two to conversate a little bit about what this was like two days after kind of what had gone on in our country. You know what? I, I, Ryan, you go first. You know what? I, I, I don't remember... Um, hearing who I was going to wrestle or what I was going to do until I got to the building. I don't know about you, Kurt, if someone buzzed you, but, um, I thought about what it. I'm I like, told you somebody did. <laughs> What's that? What if I told you somebody did tell me earlier? Oh no, that's good. That's good. At least, you know, um, do you, do you know why they put you and I in there together or, or they just don't want you? me to beat the shit out of you. No, we had the Alliance thing going and I was Mr. USA and right. they, they wanted a top heel from, from ECW, WCW. And they picked you, you right. were one of the top guys, Ron. Don't forget you were the ECW champion, the last champion. So right. when you came right. in the tag match we had where uh, right. it was uh, me and uh, I believe Austin versus you and Booker. Yeah. You you went right. You came straight in on top, Rhino. So right. they, had, they had a lot of respect for you. Right. Well, actually, you know, um, when we were having that meeting before, uh, Austin was like, "I'll start with Rhino." Yeah, <laughs> that uh, pay per view. Now I remember the tag match we had because that was leading into um, uh, King of the Ring. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, see, it takes a little bit to spark the memory. 
um, on certain things. But yeah, see, I remember with this match, um, I remember they offered refunds and only 40 people asked for a refund and they resold those tickets like that. You're but, right. uh, right. I remember the whole thing after, uh, uh, I remember they, uh, extended, uh, an offer if, uh, uh, George HW Bush, um, wanted to come down and say something, president 41, Bush 41, um, you know, but obviously you don't know and all that stuff. And, um, I remember they, they asked if, because this was the first live event after nine yes. 11. That's correct. And, it is the very first sporting event after 9 yeah, 11. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. live event with uh, an audience. And it was, uh, we went live on, on that Thursday, two days after. I remember waking up that day and, and, uh, you know, it was, it was about 8 30. And, you know, going to get up and go work out, call Edge or uh, Christian. Or, no, I was traveling with uh, uh, Edge that loop. And, um, and then I turned on the TV. I thought it was just something, uh, um, you know, something that was local. And then you're watching it. Both planes had hit by that time. And then we got message that everybody just wait there. We're trying to figure it out if we're going to go live or if we're going to show a rerun or what. I'm glad we went live because the people really needed it, you know. You know what, Rhino? When I saw that the first time, I didn't believe it. I was in shock. I was like, oh, that. Yeah. That's probably trick photography. That didn't happen. And right. after three or four times, they kept replaying it. And I'm like, holy shit, this really happened. Yeah. Like, those buildings just crumbled. I mean, it yeah. was it was the worst um, tragedy in the history of, of, of the USA. Right, right. The largest attack on the country. Pearl Harbor, yeah. And Kurt, the one plane went down not too far from where you live in Somerset, yes, right? Yes, in Somerset, PA. Yeah, that would they were going down to the White House. That's, That's where that right. Plane was headed. Yeah, yeah. Just an incredible. I think everyone. Uh, I I remember exactly where I was that day too. Uh, it's just one of those occurrences, or it just things that happen that you just don't forget exactly the moment when you your eyes right. were fixed on the television screen and kind of soaked in what was going on. Oh, I was glued to the TV for the next five hours. I just couldn't believe it. Can I point out something real quick in absolutely, the match? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, those punches are very stiff, by the way. And <laughs> what you appeared, people are like, "Oh my God, did Kurt just kick out of the gore?" Nobody's ever kicked out of the gore. <laughs> Two. He just like, pinned you. I did, Rhino. I did. Well, no, no, that was the spear. Oh. See. You kicked out of the spear. So there's a big spear. The right shoulder or is it the left Get, What's the difference between the gore and the spear? The spear they kick out of, the gore they never kick okay. out Okay. All right. So We've established that. I, uh, um, <laughs> it's funny because uh, uh, we worked a lot together that year. And then uh, you actually beat me for the U.S. title, didn't you? Yes. Ironically, that's what Paul's going to ask you. Right yeah, now. that's yeah. Your last match on WWF TV was when uh, Kurt defeated you for the uh, for the U.S. title, and uh, so there you go. Yeah, I uh, believe I was wearing a. Um, I defeated you. I didn't lose. He to wants me to keep saying that he oh, defeated yeah. you. Defeated this is Kurt. This is yeah. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something, but I got to watch my tongue. It's like every relationship I'm in, I feel defeated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kurt, why don't you pour it on, poor guy? I mean, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah. So I, I text Kurt. I'm like, hey, I'll be a few minutes late. I'm, uh, um, you know, I told him I'd be on at a certain time, but I'll be a few minutes late. And I'm almost in my safe house in Ohio. And this is my girlfriend's house. So <laughs> Kurt knows I can never afford anything this nice. <laughs> nice. So looks like I, a nice, I was like, yeah. what the hell is he saying? A safe house. <laughs> right. Right. I, that's why he said, I got to watch what I say. So, you know, about being defeated. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I believe that match. Um, I don't know if you remember that. I was telling you, I felt like weak in my tricep. Yeah, remember? You tell me it was because of your neck, right? Right, because shortly after that, I had to have uh, a cervical fusion. Yeah. That's a shame, Rhino. That took you right out of the mix, too, man. Yeah, and I was, um, I believe I was wearing my outfit with the maroon. 
um, uh, not maroon, not the maroon where I started with, but it's a different type of maroon, but very similar. So in that match you and I had, so where are you letting us know that? (laughs) Yeah. See, I'll tell you, I I remember weird stuff, but yeah. yeah. Well, we wouldn't wrestle again until we were both in TNA in 2006. It's yeah. crazy. We went five years between matches with each other. Isn't that crazy? I mean, think about that. Yeah. We didn't for five years after that. But now that you think about it, I mean, you know, you, you blink and five years goes by, you know, but yeah. You're right, you're right about that. You have another point. Yeah. We uh, Didn't we have a match where it went throughout the whole show, like an hour, you, myself, yeah, and I think it was, yeah, I think it was, it was Chris. a three-way, a triple threat. Yeah, yeah, it went the yes, whole show. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We went the whole entire hour. Yeah, and it was. And that's when TNA was doing just one-hour shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that was, was with, that was a great match. I just watched it that. Was, it was. But I'll tell you this, Christian's really good at that stuff. Oh, he is he great. He those matches incredibly well. Yeah, really he's great. Yeah. Ideas. He's, uh, you know what? He's he's great in the ring. He's a great person, uh, him and Edge, and I couldn't have been, you know, aligned with two better guys starting out early in my career, even buddy of mine, Joe Legend. Um, but uh, anyways, good friends. But Christian is, I like him as a baby face, and he's good as a baby face, but he is a great heel. Oh, he's the oh, best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Annoying as hell. Yeah, you. Yeah, you want to hate him. Yeah. Yeah. Heat. Yes. Oh yeah. And then, uh, like, it's just the stuff where I'll wear like a turtleneck and stuff. <laughs> just look- you know, I mean, he and, and he's got such a great mind for wrestling too. He does. And, and and he puts in the time, and it really shows. You know, and same thing with Edge. But yeah. So. No, Listen- I think Christian's gonna be like an amazing producer down the road. Oh yeah. yeah. Even if it's not producing creative something, I mean, it's just, if, if he, one day he just says, Hey, I'm retiring. I'm done with wrestling. I mean, the wrestling business is really going to suffer, you know, if he just walks away from it because he's got so he can help develop new talent and, you know, just creative. And yeah. So he's hopefully he doesn't just say, Hey, I'm done. I'm going to go and, you know, live my life out. So. We, uh, Kurt, we got to have him back on again. There's one thing that I want to go over before we let you go, but there's so much meat on the bone left to cover, especially we do, right? We have a whole book here, yeah. So, uh, but we're, we're gonna, and listen, next time though, Kurt, he texts you, uh, and I know you're talking to uh, someone there, but next time he texts you, don't give him the cold shoulder. We've learned that he just suffers a lot of defeats in his life. So, will you please <laughs> respond to his text? <laughs> I've never ignored Ryan. <laughs> oh, the problem wow. is he hasn't texted me in five years. Oh, wow. I, I, been, I actually didn't even know his new number. I didn't know he changed his phone number. You know what's funny is because, um, yeah, the, the, the old phone number, everybody's like, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of you, trying to get a hold of you. I got a new number. I text it. Oh, no, that, you know, and so anyways, so thank God my old number, the wrestling fan doesn't have it because they'd have everybody's number. You know, (laughs) that's who texted me today, Kurt Angle. (laughs) Before we we let you go, though, you also dabbled in politics as well, Mm -hmm. and Kurt, even did we got to show this an endorsement video for you and uh we're going to cue that up and play that right now a lot of our audience probably hasn't seen this so let's check it out (laughs) how you doing sir how's it going Good, good. My name is Kurt Angle. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. I'm going house to house here in Dearborn, Michigan, campaigning for Terrence Guido Guerin. You may know him as Rhino. He's running for state representative. Can we count on your vote November 8th? Uh, I'm actually undecided. Undecided? That's really disappointing. Don't let vote this for Rhino, vote for Rhino, vote for Rhino, happen vote to for you. Rhino. <laughs> On November 8th, Dearborn, make sure you vote for me, Terrence Guido Guerin, for your next state representative. Why? Because I'm the most experienced and the most qualified man for the job. It's true. 
It's damn true. For more information on how you can help and donate, please go to VoteForRhino.com. Oh my God. Oh, there's Giovanna. Oh my God. I'm Terrence Guido Guerin, and I approve this message. That got uh, a that got a lot of traction, and you know the great thing about it is, I call Kurt and I go, "Hey, Kurt, can you help me out?" He goes, "Yeah, sure." I go, "Hey, can you do a campaign?" And that was a fun campaign commercial, and uh, Kurt was a champ. He's like, "Yeah, sure, we'll go ahead." Do you know that was Victor Trevolante, uh, Vic Joseph's voice? The uh, no way. Yeah, wow. yeah, you met him that, that day. Is. Yes, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, because um, and that was his brother. The one you put in an ankle lock. Yeah, yeah. And he was the uh, one that filmed younger it. brother, right? Yeah. 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 And actually, I did well on the campaign. I, I got more votes. It was a Democratic district, and I was running on everything how people should run. I actually had people come up to me and say, well, why don't you just run as a Democrat? And when you get elected, because it's a Democratic um, uh, district, you know, when you get elected, just vote how you want to. And I, I was told that by a couple of career politicians, you know, and they're friends and, you know, and I, I, I understand why they were telling me things like that, but I told them, I go, if I'm knocking at your door, I don't want to be lying to you because I'm doing it for all the wrong reasons. You know, I'd rather go out there and, you know, ask people, you know, like Kurt to do me a favor and try to get elected. And that was my first uh, campaign uh, video. It was a fun video, you know, and that's what it was put out to be a fun video and then it takes a little spoof on wrestling um you know and it kind of warms people up and then i did a bunch of serious uh videos after that too so but the thing is is it got a lot of attention you know and a lot of good feedback you know so. I, kurt i don't know if kurt if he, you noticed your face when you were applying the ankle lock i don't know who was in more pain you giving it or the person receiving it <laughs> I, did you see your face <laughs> yeah it's probably like, can he spit his, his, his uh, sentence out any quicker? Come on. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, so good. Oh, so much fun. Hey, listen, is there anything that we can plug or promote for you? Rhino, you talked about your school. Please talk about yeah. it some more and other things. Well, um, it's a promotion, Insane Wrestling Revolution. We'd like to get Kurt in. Um, I, know, uh, um, I know he's just in Detroit not too long ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, other than that, I really don't have anything else to plug other than Big Daddy's Boatyard and, you know, I'm on Impact uh, Wrestling. And, Girl loves know. that name, Big Daddy's Boatyard. Yeah. You should see the T-shirts with the logo and everything. If we yeah. send you a T-shirt, then we got to get T-shirt. There you go. Uh, okay, we'll make that deal. All I'll right. have to get some new ones made up. So I, I love it. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Right, Kurt? Yeah, thank you, Rhino. It's always good to see you, my friend. Well, thank you. Always great to see you. So, thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're going to do it again sometime. We promise Kurt won't ghost you. And then uh, we'll get Kurt up there to Detroit. We have a whole script school. left, Rhino. We have a lot more to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So next time you're back at the safe house, we'll figure out a good time and we'll get together again. <laughs> but, uh, but hey, man, have a great rest of your weekend and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right. Thank All right. You. See ya. All right. Kurt Rhino. That was a blast, man. Yeah. He's a funny guy, man. I love that guy. Hey, uh, we didn't get to all the, uh, TNA or the impact times with you and, uh, and Rhino, but we will, and we'll do that at some point. And as you know, Kurt said it multiple times on the show, uh, you know, just like ball of wax, uh, that his length of his career, most of his career was spent at TNA, right? Kurt. Yes, it was 11 years. Yeah. Yep. 11 long years. So listen, you can follow his career. Check it out. Impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with code Kurt today. And that would really help Kurt out. And we're trying to grow the impact wrestling audience. That is the archive that you want to see Kurt angle when he was jumping off stages on top of people. <laughs> uh, man, I saw some of your interview with Chris Van Vliet, by the way, look at you. Yeah. You, you weren't even wearing headphones for that interview. How'd that work? No, oh, I was, I was, uh, I was going strapless. You were strapless without a top on and, uh, having fun with the man, Chris Van Vliet. That was cool. <laughs> 
Listen, if your business targets 25 to 54 year old men, there's no better place than to advertise than right here with the Kurt Angle Show. You've heard us do ads for some of the same companies over and over again. We do ads. Kurt shows us products all the time, and it's been a huge lift to his personal business. We can do the same for you. Check it out. Advertisewithangle.com right now. Find out more how you can advertise with us on the Kurt Angle Show. Also, check out ad-free shows. If you were a member, you would have heard this episode early already ad-free. So go over, sign up. The first week is free for you to check out. So sign up now, adfreeshows.com. Also, you can find us on socials. Really, we want you to go to YouTube and make sure you like, subscribe, and turn on the notifications at youtube.com forward slash The Angle Pod. We're striving for 100,000, okay? I know we're right there around that 62, 63,000, but we're coming for you 100,000, and we need your help, Angle family. That's right. That's right, the listeners. That's right. YouTube.com forward slash The Angle Pod. Kurt, it's time for you to do your version of the spinner rooney and grab those chickens or what do we call them now they're not chicken snacks anymore smart snacks smart snacks i'm gonna write it in my notes crispy protein bites there's um actually we have organic plant flavor or organic plant protein and chicken protein we also have whey protein there are uh, four different flavors for the whey protein 11 different flavors for the chicken and plant protein but they're absolutely incredible. You're going to love these. Go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. Use the code ANGLEPOD and get 20% off your order. Or if you go online on the website, physicallyfit.com, and you type in and you become a member for life, you get 20% off for life. So it's a good deal. But try them. You're going to absolutely love them, I promise. And the best thing to chase those smart snacks down the hatch with is nothing like a cookies and cream protein shake That's from right. Project Our One Nutrition. Cookies and cream protein. That's right. Uh, ProjectOneNutrition.com. It's the best tasting protein out there. I guarantee it. I, I love cookies and milk. This is cookies <laughs> and cream. It's right up my alley. You're going to absolutely love it. Cookies and cream, baby. Who doesn't love a little cookies and cream? You know what I'm saying? And then finally, KurtAnglebrand.com. You go to the website, you're going to see his beautiful face there. But not only do you get to see those beautiful blue eyes, you also get to shop products for him. Whether you like T-shirts, cameo videos, uh, cards for birthdays, Christmases, bar mitzvahs, uh, the milk cartons, the cowboy hats. Kurt, what can they get there? The whole ball of wax. It's right there. <laughs> KurtAnglebrand.com. Kurt, I had a blast with you this week, man, and Rhino. Me too, man. I love Rhino. He's a great guy. All right, man. Well, hey, listen, we're going to do it again next week. We're going to be, uh, we potentially, I think, may have another guest coming up here soon. You're going guest crazy on us, aren't you? We are going guest crazy, definitely. I think we have like two more guests the next two weeks, I think. Wow, wow. Lots we'll of guests. See. We'll see what happens. Yeah, anything can change, as always, here on the Kurt Angle Show. But listen, one thing that won't. The two of us will be here pushing out great content every single week. With that, on behalf of your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right back here next week on The Kurt Angle Show. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.